Um, I believe that God is speaking to us. I believe that, well, I, I love it when the worship leader leads you into saying yes before the pastor preaches because you already said yes before I, sh- I shared anything. So whatever I'm laying before you, and I won't change it, I won't change anything, whatever God has in this word, you've already prepared your heart to receive. Um, but as a church, we've been preaching uh, through the Sermon on the Mount, and today is, is the conclusion of that series. We've been looking at a sermon that Jesus preached. It's found in Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7. And it's a sermon that he was preaching early in his ministry as he was introducing the very kingdom of God. As he was beginning to show, beginning to reveal, as he was beginning to uh, allow others to understand the, the kingdom. And so we've been looking at it. I say it's a foundation. It's principles. Uh, some scholars or theologians have called it a constitution for the, for the kingdom of God. It really is that imperative in what he's, do, in what he's doing. If you look at Jesus' messages, uh, the topic he preaches about more than anything else is his kingdom. And so it's something he desires for us to understand. And so we've taken a pause and we've looked at these chapters and, 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 and I think God's spoken to us some, some truths that we all can comprehend and embrace. Um, if you haven't been a part of that, I'll summarize it all. I usually do it now, but I need to use it later, so I'm going to do it later in my sermon. Uh, if you want to catch up, there's 10 to 12-minute devotions, typically closer to 12-minute devotions on all this stuff online, or there's the full sermons online if you want to look at them. But the reality is I believe God is speaking to his church for a reason, and that reason comes about in who we are today. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to jump right in because I I just need to get in the word. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And I thank you for the anointing that's upon it. God, I thank you that the word of God is living and active. And I pray for a living and active word in this place this day. That it would be sharper than any two-edged sword. That it would speak to us the very things that we need to hear, God. that, That we would have ears that hear it. That our hearts would be inclined to receiving it. That nothing, God, would hinder your will. That nothing could stand in the way of your purpose from being accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. The Word of God, it's going to be uh, Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to start in verse 15. Verse 15 says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit will you recognize them. Verse 21, then he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I'll say to them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them in practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine 
and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Today's message, I really want to focus on, on, on verses 24 through, through 27 that we just read. I believe that, that some of what we read leads into to the place of, of what Jesus desires. You know, Jesus was a, was a great speaker. Uh, obviously, they were saying he spoke with an authority that they didn't recognize in the church. And so as a, as a speaker, he was saving this point. I mean, all good speakers, we save our, our home run till the very end. I mean, you don't start with the home run. You want to wait till you get the bases loaded, then you hit the grand slam. I mean, that's how speakers work. That's what we're supposed to do. That's the crux of it all. But, but Jesus, I believe, is communicating something. Something at the end of this message that, that we all have to hear. I believe that, that the entirety of Matthew chapter 5 through 7, he's building up to this moment. So what does he say? He said that we're all building something. We're all building something. Some of us are wise and some of us are foolish. But every one of us is building something. I believe that the message that, that, that God desires for us to wrestle through today, the message that, that he wants us to look at, the, the challenge that he sets before the audience he preached to, and the challenge that I believe he's setting before you this morning is that we're all building something. Will you be wise? Will you be a kingdom builder? I want to talk about the principle of building the kingdom of God. You see, he used a couple of examples right before this, right? He talked about, in my Bible, it has headings, true and false prophets. And then he talks about true and false disciples. And and I thought, why is he using these examples? Like, why now? Why here? These are people who built something. Excuse me for one second, pause. Joellen, you're, you're not on mute, and I can hear you in my ear, and it's pretty distracting. Um, so anyway, um, the reality is that, that, he, that, that there were prophets, they were wise and, and foolish, or they were actually uh, good and bad as who the prophets were. What did they, how did, how were they described? They were, they were sheeps and, or wolves in sheep's clothing. I mean, they came in as ferocious wolves to devour them. But they had built something, and what they built was not God's thing, but, but their thing. They had built in a way that was going to benefit their self. They had built in a way that was going to build their kingdom, not his kingdom. And then he talked about true and false disciples. And, and he's saying this, and I'm telling you, this is a verse that, that I'm guessing every Christian, when they've read that at some point, they thought, oh my, I hope I don't fall into this. You know, the ones that say to God, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? Did we not do this? And, and did we not do that? And in your name, and we saw great and mighty things happen. And he's going to say to me, depart from me. I never knew you. Because the reality was, they may have done many things, but they were doing them for the wrong reasons. You see, they were building something, but it wasn't his thing. 
They were building something for themselves. See, they found glory in, in how many people they prayed for. They found glory in, in, in not that you shouldn't rejoice in, in being used by God, but they were feeding this thing that's called self. Self is that which is in us that drives sin. Sin is really when we're feeding self more than Savior. And so that's what these people were doing. And so I believe that, that Jesus, as he was preaching, he uses these profound examples. I mean, ferocious wolves and people who are doing the right things. But he says, depart from me. I never knew you. I mean, that's hell that's coming to them, right? I'm telling you, when Jesus talks like that, it's going to make me listen. And then what does he say? He says, and if I can read it in Luke chapter 6, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it was collapsed and its destruction was complete. Let me tell you again, we are called, church, to be kingdom builders. You and I, I believe that Jesus has preached this entire sermon. He's He's given us some blocks that we'll revisit here in just a moment so we can truly help build the greatest thing. Jesus, when he preached on the good news, do you know what he was talking about? When Jesus says the word good news, it wasn't about what he was about ready to accomplish. It wasn't about dying on the cross. When Jesus said good news, it was about the kingdom of God. He said, I want to preach to you the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus dying on the cross is absolutely essential to the kingdom of God. But the good news truly is the kingdom of God. We've got a part in building what Jesus described as good. We've got a place in building what, what we hear later in the Gospels. Uh, uh, Jesus says to Paul, you know, who am I? And he says, you're the, you're the Savior. And he says, you're, you're, or Peter, I'm sorry, he said it to Peter. On this rock I will build my, my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We have a part of building the kingdom that will absolutely be victorious. It will be the greatest thing this world has ever seen. You and I are called to be a part. We're absolutely needed to be a part of building that kingdom. So, I want to be wise. Who wants to be wise? Okay, there's a few of us that want to be wise this morning. How, then, if I'm listening to Jesus then, or I'm listening to him now, I process this and say, what does it mean then, To be a wise builder. Where is this wisdom that comes from? What is it? And so I want to talk about being kingdom builders. And in order to be be wise, the first thing he says, everyone who hears. You can't be wise without listening. Sometimes I think the more you listen the wiser you are. That's with God and that's with life. Do you know what I'm saying? Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Consequently, 
Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. We have to be good listeners if we're going to be kingdom builders. I will say this. Listening is not an easy discipline. I'm a pastor and often I'll listen to people. But you know why I'm listening? I'm listening to respond rather than listening to learn. I'm involved in some what we're calling peer coaching with some other pastors. And, and this is one of the principles that we spent some time talking about. Like we're talking to each other about situations, but don't be so focused on presenting the solution, but rather listening to what they're saying and helping them to discover what they need to do for themselves. Listening is absolutely a discipline, child of God, that we have to learn. It's hard to listen at times. My wife and I, here's my example. She's a good listener at times, me not so much. But those are two different examples. When we watch a movie, we watch movies in different ways. So when I turn the movie on, my brain goes off. Like, I'm watching the movie so my brain can shut down. If I catch what's going on, that's good. If I don't, that's fine. I mean, that's really why I watch a movie. My wife watches a movie to engage. And so she, she, she'll watch a movie, and I'm telling you people, it's the best example I can think of when it comes to listening. Because it doesn't matter what happens, it doesn't matter what is going on apart from that movie, she's watching the movie. There has been tension in my home at times when I'm sitting on the couch next to her and I'll say, hey, Tam, blah, 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 whatever it might be, the house is on fire. (laughs) Tam. Tam. You know how I watch a movie. She's engaged in the moment. She's engaged in the conversation. It doesn't matter that the greatest man who's, who's ever lived apart from Jesus is sitting next to her talking to her. That's me. In her eyes anyway. Hey, that wasn't a joke. It doesn't matter if the kids are saying they're thirsty. Because she's engaged in that moment. What if church, what if we were listening so intently it didn't matter what else was going on around us? It didn't matter if the house was on fire. (laughs) But I'm talking to the one. You know, I can get so distracted so quickly. I can be engaged in a conversation with someone and, and I've had to go back and apologize because I get distracted by something else. And Uh-huh. And I do that with God, too. You ever been there? We've spent some time talking about a secret place, a quiet place. Why is it a secret and quiet place? Why did Jesus go away from the crowd when he prayed? 
because he understood the practice of listening. Because it's so easy to get distracted when we're not away from the crowd. It's so easy to get distracted when we're not intentional about the things that distract us. And so even as a pastor, I will tell you, when I try to get to my quiet place, when I try to get to my my secret place, every time my phone rings, every time something else comes up, someone comes in the door. Why? Not because they're bad things, but because that I, I just can't stop and listen. Why can't I turn off my phone? People will leave me a message. And, and I can call them back. Why can't I, I tell someone, hey, I'm in my devotion time. I'm talking to the Lord right now, you know. But, but we get so consumed by, by everything else that we're not good at listening. If you're going to be a wise kingdom builder, you must, we must, you and I, we have to learn how to listen. James chapter 1 is my transition My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. A lot of us need to underline that verse. Because anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word that is planted in you which can save you. He's saying, listen, that word of God is planted in you. Listen, that word of God that can save you. He's placed it inside of you. Listen, it's there. Listen, it's been spoken. I mean, here's what I sense in this. That word is there. You just haven't heard it. The word of God, it's, it's planted inside of you which can save you. But he says, this is James, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. A wise builder hears, and then he does. This is pretty practical. This is pretty basic. So we listen, and then we, we do. We hear, and we respond. I mean, James is saying, how foolish is it for a man, you look, and you see, and you see that you need to do something, but you forget about it when you stop looking. You've heard, but you've not done Once again, that word foolish, that's what foolish builders do. You ever been there? I know how to do this better than someone else. I watch the YouTube video. The guy's got 3.5 million views. And I watch him do it, and I decide that my way is better than his, even though his is approved by 3.5 million people. Call my dad up, ask him how to do something. He tells me how to do it, and I do it my way rather than his. I mean, I heard him. But I didn't listen (laughs) and I'm not doing it's foolishness is what the scripture says. So what have we heard? What is Jesus talking about? 
So he's saying, be doers of the word, according to James. And Jesus is saying, the one who has heard the word, what words are he talking about? He's talking about the words that he's been preaching in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7. He's saying, hey, I've been speaking all these things so that you could be ready for this moment. So that when you said yes, you would be ready to go. So that this kingdom that we're building would be absolutely incredible. So what were the blocks that Jesus Christ has given us? What are the things that we need to hear? There's often in scripture where it says, let him who has ears hear. I think Jesus is basically saying the same thing right now. You've been sitting here listening to me preach. We've been going through this as a church together. We've been looking at the word of God. But what good is it if we hear it and we don't do it? The blocks, the wise blocks, when we listen and we begin to do. The first thing we talked about that Jesus is saying is, in my kingdom, there is kingdom perspective. There's a way that this is going to look. We're going to look not at things through the lens of ourself, but we're going to look through things through the lens of the mercy of God, the grace of God, the love of Jesus Christ. It's going to cause me to see things differently. So when I'm building his kingdom, I might look at a way the world says to do it, but to God that's foolishness, and I have to listen and look at it his way through his eyes. Wise perspective is recognizing my place. We talked about kingdom perspective, but also he gave us kingdom purpose. We heard a message on being called to be salt and light. Do it. We heard a message that that said you were called to be salt and light. A light on a hill that could not be hidden. Do it. You want to build the kingdom of God, start shining light. Start being salty. Be, be, be salt and light to those that are around you. And you begin then, child, you begin... To build, to become. I got to pause because I got ahead of myself. Those are the blocks. But see, if I was building something, it would have all fallen down. Because Jesus said you got to build it on the rock. Anytime we forget what the foundation of our faith. Anytime we forget the foundation of what we're doing, we absolutely will watch things fall apart. When waves come, when problems come, things will be destroyed. We sing a song on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is, is sinking stand. Uh, of, um, 1 Peter chapter 2 says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We've got to know our foundation. And we've got to make sure that we're always building on our foundation. Men's Bible study this week. Thursday mornings at 6 if you want to come. We're doing it again. We got off course there for a little bit, but we're back on track. We were looking at a psalm by David. We sing a song that's called, As the deer pants for water, so my soul longeth after you. It's that psalm that David wrote as he's, as he's reading this psalm, as he's writing this psalm. 
There's another verse that says, as deep cries out the deep. And we sing these songs, and, and I think at times we, 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 we almost understand or we think we understand what that song means. But the reality is, David is writing a psalm in the middle of chaos in his life. The thought was, this was a psalm he was writing when he was being pursued by Absalom to take the throne, to take his kingdom, to take his life. His life is chaos. He literally says... He says to God, it's like the, the, the raging waves and, and the rushing waterfall is who God was in his life. God, in his mind, in my interpretation, God was the author of the chaos that he was facing. God was saying, hey, these aren't just bad things happening, but they're God things that, that are happening that are causing chaos in my life. And, and he said, you know, what's the picture you get when, when waves are, are rushing over you or, or when you're standing under a waterfall? Has anyone ever stood under a waterfall? And breathed. Remember one time, sidebar, I don't know why I'm going here. We did these big vacation Bible schools in our church. And we always had penny wars with the kids when I was a youth pastor or kids pastor. And the winner, the other one. So there was a guy that would represent the guys, which was always me. And then there was a lady that would represent the girls. And, and at the end, there was this payoff. And so this year, uh, the payoff was they took a loader full of slime and they were going to dump it on the loser. Well, I didn't sound like that big of a deal. I was getting slime. No big deal. Well, whoever was dumping decided to feather rather than dump. And, and I remember standing under that bucket, bucket wondering when this was going to stop because I couldn't catch my breath. There's times when we're, we're in the water and, and we're in, in, in this place of, uh, where we, the waves just keep coming and we're trying to stand up, but the next one comes. That's what David is describing. Even God is. We're standing under the waterfall and we, we just can't get our breath. It's, it's pressing us down. It's, it's pushing us towards what we feel like is certain death. But David says these words, But God, you are my rock. Sometimes it's been so easy to stand, we forget what it feels like to stand on the rock. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes things have been so good, it's easy to forget the joy that comes when I'm standing on that rock. Jesus Christ, what God did through him is the absolute foundation for everything we build. I talked about Jesus said the good news of the kingdom, the, the foundation, the cornerstone. It's Jesus Christ. Everything is built upon that. If we stray from what he did, if we stray from the reality that he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, there's, there's no way to the Father but through me. If we lose that reality, then everything we build will fall apart. I'm telling you, church, when the church begins to stray from the reality of our foundation, which is the word of God made flesh, then what we build will fall down. I want to be a wise builder who's using kingdom wisdom or kingdom knowledge, understanding to build the kingdom that God desires.
So we talked about there's kingdom perspective. We talked about there's kingdom purpose. We also talked about the reality of kingdom righteousness. If we can grab a hold of, if we can live in the reality that my righteousness is not dependent on anything but what God has done for me, that there's no way for me to be made right other than what Jesus Christ did for me, that there's no way that I've been made righteous apart from the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and that righteousness becomes the motivation in the things that I'm doing. Remember the acts of righteousness they called them, that people were doing, but they were doing them for the wrong reason, because they didn't recognize the righteousness was coming from Jesus Christ. When I recognize who I am in Him and then I begin to give and I begin to pray and I begin to worship and I begin to fast and I begin to study and I begin to read and I begin to speak and I begin to be salty and I begin to witness and let my light shine, suddenly that act of righteousness that's motivated by who I become in Him is a, is a powerful stone in the kingdom of God that God is using me, He's using you to be powerful stones within his kingdom. He taught us to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done. God's kingdom comes when we start building. I want to say you're the answer to that prayer. You're the answer to the prayer, God's kingdom come. We talked about the reality that in order to build this, we've got to have kingdom trust. We've got to trust. We've got to have a confidence that's in God that I may not understand the blueprints. I may not understand, God, why you called me from Kentucky to Crawford, Nebraska to minister in a church of people who don't dress like me. But my confidence is in you. And because I listened and I heard, I got to do it, trusting in you. And last week was the reality of kingdom focus. Athletes sometimes have the greatest focus. Because they know the objective and they attain to achieve it. I wonder if we're missing our focus. I don't know what I'm building. I don't know why I'm building. I don't even know what it's for. So I ain't going to worry about it. I want to read this and wrap this up. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. That's kingdom righteousness. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself 
through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is how we build the kingdom of God. This ministry that he's given you is the foundation. It's the blocks for his kingdom. He's given you a ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though we, he, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Let me tell you, if you're going to build the kingdom of God, you have to wrap your head around the reality of being his ambassador. What's an ambassador? Are they not a representative of a kingdom in a foreign land? Who governs the ambassador? Whose authority is the ambassador under? In an embassy, they're governed by not the nation that surrounds them, but the nation that has sent them. Let me tell you, the world absolutely needs ambassadors. The world absolutely needs. Think of this moment. Think of this year. Think of the chaos that is. The ways that are. We need to be the kingdom of God. We need to be His messengers. We need to be building the kingdom so others can see. Because the promise is the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It doesn't matter how crazy. It doesn't matter how chaotic. It doesn't matter if we can't sing or if we can't chant. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if we get sick. It doesn't matter what we're facing. It doesn't matter what, what's being taken away from us because I'm representing my king and his authority is what reigns in my life. You are called to build the kingdom of God. And I can tell you, The world needs it. I've been pondering. This isn't in my notes. We've, we've prided ourselves for a long time on being, this is the church in America, the mission senders. But we're rapidly becoming the mission field. I want you to think, and this isn't an accusatory because Jesus said that about our country. Our country is falling apart. What do you think? You know, I'm just thinking about even churches within our community. The Catholic Church had to go to India to find a priest to minister in America. The Methodist Church in our community has gone to Africa, I believe, is where the lady who's going to be pastoring the church is from, to be a minister in our in our area. Why? Because we're becoming the mission field. Let me tell you, Crawford, Nebraska needs to see the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, Crawford, Nebraska needs to hear about the good news, which is his kingdom. Let me tell you, Nebraska itself needs to see a revelation of the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, the United States itself needs to understand the power and authority, the glorious nature of his kingdom. Who's going to build it if we don't? You guys can come forward. So remember back on how long I've been preaching for? 
about a half hour, 45 minutes ago when you said yes? This is what you were saying yes to. I want to build his kingdom. I want to hear and obey. I want to listen. God was preparing you for this moment. This morning as we conclude, I'm going to, I'm going to pray a prayer and, and I'm going to ask for, for you to respond to that prayer. And I just believe that, that God has, has something in this moment. My spirit jumps when I think about the revelation of the kingdom of God in our community. There's an excitement inside of me when I, when I start to dream and envision what God may do as His kingdom is revealed. And then there's a sobering responsibility that comes because I can't just wait to see it happen, but I've got to be a part that brings it about. Father, I pray this morning for each one of us God, I pray for this message. I pray for the series that you've had us in. Preparing us even for this moment. God, I desperately long for the kingdom of God to be revealed. God, I pray for the kingdom that you desire to build in in Crawford, Nebraska, in Dawes County, in the state of Nebraska, in, in the United States of America. God, I pray that that kingdom would be built. And God, I'm recognizing, I pray that each one of us can say, we're recognizing that we're a part of that building, that you, you need us for this to be accomplished. That, that mandate, that purpose, that, that urgency. God, I pray that it begins to, to, to well up inside of each of us. God, I pray that we would desire to answer the call that was written in 1 Corinthians, that we would be ministers of reconciliation, that we would be the ones who are bringing those who don't know you into a place of understanding you. God, I pray that you would use us to be a revelation of your love. God, I pray that you would use the church to be an outstanding example of of how beautiful the kingdom of God truly is. And God, I repent. I repent on my behalf. I repent on the church's behalf. I repent on the body of Christ's behalf, God, where we failed to show the world how truly good this kingdom is. And God, I pray. I pray that you would use me. I pray, God, for each one of us that you would use us to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask Walt and Carrie to lead us, Tan to lead us in this course. And, you know, I don't want this to be an act of righteousness but a product of your response to his word. I'm going to ask that, that, that sometimes we have to commit, we have to take an action to demonstrate that, yes, we're willing, yes, we heard, and yes, we
we want to do. And so this morning, as they lead us in a course, I'm going to ask for the simple act of faith of, of standing where you're at, saying, God, I'm willing to be used. God, I've said yes, and now I know what I said yes for, and now I'm ready to do it this morning as they lead us. Just where you're at, not about what anybody else sees. Stand up. Let God know that you're willing to do it. Well, I'm excited about what God is building. I'm excited about what happens as God's kingdom is revealed. I'm excited about what happens when we love God and love people and people just recognize by our love for one another, they will know, the scripture says, as we watch his kingdom come, that that the enemy cannot prevail against. He can try, but he's defeated. And we're a part of that. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you hear his word and do what he asks and build the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Be blessed.